Welcome to another episode of Bible Center with Victor Jackson. I hope you guys had an amazing weekend. Um, we had some tremendous services at Bible Center of Orlando and Centro Biblico de Orlando. Um, God has been doing some special things. Um, this weekend for the podcast, what we're doing is on Saturdays, we're having Spanish Saturdays where we have a Spanish sermon posted to the podcast. And on Sundays, we have uh, Sunday sermons, which is when we upload a sermon uh, to the podcast. And I pray that uh, these things have been a blessing to you. We've been going through the scriptures verse by verse. And now we're in Matthew chapter 9. Um, Matthew chapter 9 and verse 1. Let me tell you, it has been hot here in Florida. Uh, I am ready for the fall. I'm, I'm ready for the fall. Um Hope you, hopefully you guys have been doing well. Um, please keep uh, uh, Hawaii in your prayers uh, that they're dealing with uh, the fires. Um, we're just praying God's grace uh, and peace comes on that entire state. And, um, and, and that God just heals and restores and... Uh, doesn't work in those that are mourning right now. What I love about the Word of God is that the Word of God is able to be um, understood. And as a result of being understood, uh, it, it's able to be applied. Uh, proper theology bring, brings proper application. And so I'm so thankful that the word of God can be applied in our lives. That it's not just something that is stuck to the pages, but it's something that can be lived out and that can affect our daily lives. And so I'm believing that the peace that are within the pages of the scripture, uh, that they're able to um, not only just stay in the scripture, but be able to be placed in our hearts in our minds and um, I'm so thankful that the Word of God is alive and the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God and so there's something about reading from these pages that ignite a very real faith in somebody's heart faith that is able to transform and I believe that's going to happen for every person that's listening. I believe it's going to happen all across the world to those that are, are suffering. Matthew chapter 9, verse 1. And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, this man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He 
They then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God, who had given such authority to men. Jesus passed on from there. He saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. Verse 10, And as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to, them, said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch tears away from the garment and a, and a worse tear is made neither is new wine put into old wineskins if it is the skins burst and the wine is spilled and the skins are destroyed but new wine is put into fresh wineskin wineskins and so both are preserved once again Matthew is highlighting uh, the the difference in of Jesus' ministry compared to the ministry that they are all around with the Pharisees and the scribes and even John. Uh, Matthew is highlighting the superiority of Jesus to John's message to the scribes and to the Pharisees and persuading the Jews that he is the Christ and that he has come to heal and deliver, but he's, he's come to forgive sins. And we see God's character in this passage. And tomorrow we're going to be getting into Jairus and his daughter. And as Matthew highlights um, how these systems have, have penetrated people's lives uh, and they're realizing the fragile nature of these this, these religious systems uh, compared to the steadfastness and the strength of the kingdom uh, that Jesus is presenting and inaugurating. Um, Matthew in verse one, it says that Jesus entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. Now this is incredible because remember he is Jesus of Nazareth. He's Jesus of Nazareth, but he makes a shift. He makes a shift from basing out of Nazareth to basing out of Capernaum, a larger city. 
And now Matthew says his own city. Many believe that he was staying uh, in Peter's home in Capernaum. And verse 2, And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now, this story is also resident in Mark 2, where it goes into more detail that he is in Peter's house in Capernaum, and the multitudes are so massive in this house that that there's no room to get in. And because there's no room to get in, they wanted their friend to be healed. So they climbed on top of the house and they tore open the roof to let down this person that was paralyzed, sick of the palsy. And they brought him down through the roof and Jesus saw uh, the faith of the friends that brought this person and uh, the all of these people's faith to believing that Jesus could heal. And a person that was paralyzed, like, it, it, it was rare for a person that was paralyzed to to really have friends because they're cut off from society. Uh, they're needing to beg to make it. So it, it's amazing that this man with that was paralyzed, that he even had friends within the community. But Jesus here... Uh, he he shows what the kingdom could do because he says he first thing he does is he calls him son now a person that is cut off from community that has to rely on um, on on others to, to survive and to eat and to make it um there's something special about this paralytic man because he couldn't move, but he still had his voice. And somehow with his voice, he was able to make friends. But Jesus in this text doesn't isn't interested in trying to be this paralyzed man's friend. He's interested in a relationship. And so he says, son, that that of itself speaks of a res restoration of relationship. Son. Be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. Now, this no rabbi in this time is presenting in their ministry the the possibility of sins being forgiven. Um no rabbi is is healing people, is is healing the leper going being willing to go into the gentiles house to heal no rabbi is doing this but now he's saying 
your sins are forgiven. Jesus just was really disrupting the the entire system of how things were done. Because now he, he is we are peering into his 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 authority being God. Because only God can forgive sins. So we see little glimpses here in Matthew that the issue that Jesus is facing is that the actions that he's doing is he's making he's making a strong case that he believes that he's God and that he is God. Um, and the the system is having a problem with this. Look at it in verse three and behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemeth. So the scribes are the interpreters of the law. They, they are, they are, they study the law. Like I said, the, the Greek word for scribes is grammateus. Uh, this is where you get the word grammar. They were, they were, they were specific with studying and, and learning and knowing uh, God's laws. But but they they got the law on paper, but they didn't know uh, about the law in life. And and there's some people that are are very very smart intellectually, maybe even with interpretation, but they don't know how to apply it. And Jesus is not only teaching, but he's applying. He's teaching and he's demonstrating. He's not just giving a. a a, a new interpretation, but he's giving you real time application. That way, you you can't you can't even argue uh, with what he's saying because he's demonstrating what he's saying. And it's amazing to see the kingdom lived out. They begin to say within themselves, this man blasphemes. They're, they're, just, they're around a crowd. They're not even saying this out loud, but they're doing this in their hearts. And in verse 4, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, he says, why, why do you think this evil in your hearts? Is it easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or to say arise and walk? Now, what he says, is it easier? What, he, what he's saying here is, is that, for me to say that your sins are forgiven, like, is like unverifiable. Like, you can't, no one can really know if, if, you know, it, it, he's saying it, but, but no one's seeing it. You know, it's easy to say, hey, your sins are forgiven. And it's like, oh, okay, awesome. But like, there's no real evidence to see that. He said, yeah, this is easier for to say. Uh, or, or is it easier to say arise and walk? He says, listen, is it easier for me to just say it? Or, or, is, it, or is it more difficult for me to demonstrate this? Um, first off, it's easier to say your sins are forgiven, but it's not easy to do. Because... Because it's actually more difficult 
to, to forgive sins than for somebody to be healed. Because in order for people's sins to be uh, forgiven, ultimately, Jesus has to go to a, to a cross. He has to go to a cross. And so it, it is more difficult to forgive sins than for somebody to be healed. But he's saying, but I know it's easier for me to say your sins are forgiven, but, but it's more difficult for me to say arise and walk. So he says, you think I'm just talking, but I'm about to show you I'm not just talking. I'm not just forgiven sins. I'm, I'm, I'm already on the path to, 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 to die for the sins of the world. I'm, he's not just speaking, but he's bringing application. Verse 6, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, arise and take up your bed and go into thine house. And he arose and departed to his house. So Jesus says, listen, you're going to know that I have power on earth to forgive sins when you see this person arise and take up his bed and go into his house. And the Bible says that the man with palsy, he immediately arose and departed to his house. Now, this, what Jesus is arguing is that, now listen, this is the evidence that I came here to forgive sins. You thought I was just saying this. You thought I, this was just a great speech. You, you scribes think I'm just preaching well. Like I'm just, I'm just giving this newfound doctrine. But he said, but, but when I heal this person, you're going to see the evidence of my doctrine. When I heal this person, you're going to see the evidence of my doctrine. He's going to reflect that I am able to forgive sins. And so this is going to be the evidence of my divinity. This is going to be the evidence of my authority. And immediately the man arose and departed to his house. Now, it's amazing that when this person that's sick of the palsy, this paralytic, when he comes to Jesus, he, he, comes with his friends but when he is healed he goes home by himself that's a whole message in itself because his friends brought him to Jesus but as far as living out the walk and the responsibility he had to do that personally. His friends could bring him to Jesus, but he himself had to walk out his experience with Jesus. He, 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 he stood up, he took up his bed that he had been laying on for how many years, and he went into his own house. Now, what was... What 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 he was laying on, which was a stumbling block, now he has on his shoulder as a testimony. 
His friends aren't carrying his bed home with him. He's carrying his own bed. And and it's a lesson too. Many people will be able to bring us to Christ, but it's up to us personally to live out that responsibility. Our walk with God is within our own hands. And we cannot... uh, we we cannot be so dependent on others that we can't live for him by ourselves. You know, some, sometimes people can be, because they come in with a bunch of friends, uh, they can't stay living for God unless they have a bunch of friends. They say, oh, I don't have any friends. I don't have any help. I don't have any this. I don't have any that. Well, your friends will help you get to Jesus, but in order for you to make it on the journey with Jesus for the long haul, there's going to be some times you have to learn how to arise and take up your bed and 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 walk this out yourself. There's going to be times that you you are going to be be alone on this journey, and and, and some people. Can, cannot handle losing friends or uh, even Jesus lost friends. The closer Jesus got to the cross, the more he lost friends. Thousands and he feeds 5,000, he feeds 4,000. Multitudes are following him. But by the time he sends forth his spirit in Acts 2, there's only 120 people. You have to understand that this journey ebbs and flows in seasons you're going to have a lot of friends and seasons you're not going to have a lot of friends but jesus will use people to bring you to him but in order to live it up he later says take up your cross and follow me not taking up your friend's cross not taking up your family's cross you have your own personal cross that you have to take up that 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 in the kingdom there is a personal responsibility So he came with his friends, but he left by himself with a responsibility to carry his own bed. You came here, your friends were carrying your bed for you. But after this transformation, you're going to have, you got to learn how to carry your own bed. Verse eight. And when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which has given such power unto men. When the multitude saw him forgive sins and this person get healed, they started recognizing. One one text says that they glorified the God of Israel. They started recognizing that this is, he is showing similarities to God. He is showing uh, similarities to God. This this guy is starting to look a little bit like God. And in Mark 2, when it translates, when it speaks of the same story, it says that the people said, we never seen it in this fashion. Like he, he is just, Jesus is just completely different. He's bringing a different effect, a different 
a different authority. Verse 9. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. Now, uh, Papias and Ignatians, Ignatius, the early church fathers, <coughs> confirmed that uh, this gospel was written and authored by Matthew. And now Matthew highlights his journey, his own personal journey. He was sitting at the tax booth. Uh, Matthew is considered a traitor because he was cooperating with with the oppressors. He was cooperating uh, with Rome. And many times, uh, these tax collectors, they were taxing everything. They were taxing the fishermen. They were taxing all of these people. And it's amazing the uniqueness of Jesus following is that there's Simon the Zealot who's who's wanting to overthrow Rome. There's Peter, uh, Andrew, James, and John who are fishermen. And there is um, uh, Nathaniel uh, who uh, is sitting under the fig tree. And then there is Matthew, who is a tax collector. Look at all of these different personalities all coming together to follow Jesus. It's amazing the different outlooks and backgrounds that, that fade as his presence, as the presence of Jesus is prioritized. That when we follow Jesus, he becomes the priority more than our personality or how we like to do things. You see, because tax collectors and fishermen didn't get along. Because those tax collectors, they would, uh, they would tax for on Rome's part, but, but they would take a little bit aside for themselves. They were notoriously corrupt. But now you got a tax collector and a fisherman walking together, getting along. Why? Because they joined together to follow Jesus for a kingdom cause. And that is just powerful. That, that Jesus' presence brings unity. You would see later whenever Jesus is crucified that uh, whenever he's on judgment, that Herod and Pilate, uh, they, they were against each other. But after the, this trial by Jesus, the Bible says that Pilate and Herod, that they, be, they became friends and there was, there was peace. It's amazing how where Jesus' presence is, there's also a peace. There's a peace that comes in relationships. He was collecting taxes on, on behalf of Rome. And decides to follow him. And so he, these are considered like the chief sinners. Pharisees and scribes, they all looked down on tax collectors because they felt they were the chief sinners taking part in the oppression of the people of Israel. But it's amazing how Jesus' presence reaches into a tax collector's heart. 
a fisherman's heart. Uh, a, 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 a zealot's heart. And I don't know what Nathaniel was doing, but he was under a fig tree. So I don't know if he was unemployed or what. Nathaniel reminds me of like a philosopher, you know, just a, a guy that's just thinking under under the tree all the time, thinking on what's the meaning of life. And people that are thinkers, they need mission. They need a mission. They need something to do because some people will think themselves into a depression. They they will think so much and thinking without action is just kind of, it, it's like, it's like, you know, cancerous. It's like you, you, you think so much that you find problems within yourself. Uh, one, one writer speaking on the concept of anti-fragility, uh, he states that the mind needs problems. That if the mind, like the mind needs, needs problems to, to fix at all times. And so there has to be a, a, a motion and an action uh, that takes the mind off of self. And, and allows the mind to look for things in the world that it can fix instead of all the time focusing on self. Nathaniel's under under the fig tree. I don't know if he's unemployed or what, but I don't know if he's lazy or what. But the truth of the matter is, from the hard worker and the lazy, everybody forgot their normal tendencies and habits and started following Jesus. Verse 10. And it came to pass that Jesus said it meet in the house. Behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. The Pharisees regarded these people as, as, as sinners. And so they, the Pharisees didn't associate with these people. They didn't. They didn't want to be seen with these people. They they considered it as if it is tainting their purity being around these people. But what Jesus is showing here is that the kingdom is for everybody. It's for it's for the sinners, it's for the publicans, it's for the worst of the worst, it's for the best of the best, it's for the great citizens, it's for the terrible citizens. The kingdom is for everybody. And, and I think we have to really highlight that because that's the difference between Jesus' ministry and the other's ministry is that he is reaching for everybody. He's going to reach for the Nicodemus, who is a master in Israel. He's going to reach for the woman at the well who, who has been married five times. And he is willing to give him himself to both of those individuals. He's not just going after an elite group. He's going after everybody. He's not trying to get caught in the club or in the clique. He, he is coming to bring everybody into the kingdom. And, and the Pharisees, they were... Uh, so focused on their elitist tendencies that they didn't even they didn't see the own frailties and hypocrisy in their own heart 
Because in verse 11, it says, and when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, why does your master eat with publicans and sinners? Listen, uh, I want to I spend time ministering to the, to, to the homeless and the CEO. I want to spend time ministering to the farmer and the doctor. I want to spend time ministering uh, uh, to, the, to, the, to the carpenter and to the lawyer. Uh, the, the kingdom it, 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 it is not looking for one occupation or one group of people. It is for all nations. It is for all cultures. It is for everybody. It is for everyone. And they were considering like, oh, Jesus is so great. He's doing all these miracles and he's forgiving sins. But look who he's spending time with. Look, look, look who he's spending time with. But Jesus, when he heard it, he said, they that are whole don't need a physician, but they that are sick. And what he's saying here is, listen, for those that think that they are, 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 are healthy and right and like nothing's wrong, they'll never go to the doctor. Those that don't express that they have need, they'll, they'll never... They'll never go for help. But those that recognize their need, they're going to go looking for the physician. And what he's saying here is, is that these sinners and publicans, they're not being hypocrites. They are, they are literally confessing that they aren't right. And they're going to the source, Jesus Christ, to be right. But the Pharisees, they think they're whole. They think they have no issues. And so they are avoiding the doctor. They are avoiding the physician. Those that ask for help, get help. Those that pretend like they don't need help, don't get help. And that goes back to Matthew 5 when it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For they shall see God. And so, uh, um, blessed are, are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so, what's amazing uh, about this is that the, the, the Pharisees can't enter into the kingdom not because they're not capable, but because they don't, they feel like they don't need it. And this is important because we have to stay in a place of dependency that God is always working on us. God is always working on us. We never arrive. Victor Jackson needs Jesus. I'm growing. I'm I'm developing. I'm I'm learning. I want to know him. Uh, in my in my PhD um, in Bible exposition that that I'm working on right now, it's it, it's an intense study. It's 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 intense, and I love it 
because it's always a constant reminder that I don't know everything and I have to grow. I, I need him. I, I need him. I need to learn. I need to grow. I, I need to um, I need to develop. I, 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 I need him. And as long as I'm growing, great, great teachers remain great students. As a matter of fact, at the end, we just wrap, wrapped up taking our church through Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, and uh, we just finished after a year and four months. And I brought out something that Jesus said in, in Matthew 28, when he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Th that word teach is, is uh, Matthew which literally means to to be a disciple and teach disciples. It, it's, it's a word that means to be a disciple and teach disciples. And so and so no one can teach disciples if they aren't currently a disciple. And and so to be a disciple and to teach disciples, to be a disciple and to make disciples, that's what that word means in Greek. And in order to be a great teacher, you have to be a great student. And so uh, it's what every doctor and every lawyer has to go through. They have to go through continued education. And that is the posture to be in the kingdom that we don't know it all we have a lot to learn we have a lot to learn and one one of the things in 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 the old testament like in the book of psalms is that in the book of psalms the the psalms are sung are sung Look, look, here's what this means, that in Hebrew, all of those psalms have certain chords that they're supposed to be uh, sung in. The psalms are supposed to be sung. And so there's different chords in the psalms where it shows what key you're supposed to sing in. Where in certain portions where the writing is trying to reflect something uh, it, like the captivity of Israel, it'll be like a, like a, like a, a deep tone. And if, if an excited and at portions where the Psalms that are read and sang on the way to Jerusalem and the pilgrimage to the temple, it's, it's a, a exciting tone. The Psalms were made to be sung, but you can only see that in Hebrew. When you go to translation into Greek and translation into English, the chords get lost. My goodness. And so if you go into a synagogue, you'll notice that the rabbi is, is helping the Jews to sing the text. And they had to be in the right key. Or the rabbi would say, listen, you said it right, but you didn't sing it right. 
you, you said it right, but you were in the wrong key. And the Jews felt like the key was just as important as what was said. Isn't that powerful? What I'm showing you here is that there's a lot of things that we do not know. And that we need God to help us to know. And so that's what keeps me hungry and desiring because, because it can take 10,000 lifetimes to, to get all of this stuff in the Bible. The Bible, it is, it is a deep book. When you look in the New Testament, anytime in English you see a period or a comma or a semicolon or a question mark, every single one of those things are a translation. Because in the original Koine Greek, there were no spaces. And so it's all a translation. And, and so I'm giving you kind of some insights into, into the depth of God's word that no one should ever be arrogant when handling the scripture. That we have to stay in a posture of, I need the physician. I need help. I can't do this by myself. I need God. And the Pharisees felt like they were the authorities where they had no, nothing more to learn. And so they condemned anyone that was trying to learn. They didn't feel like they had anything to learn. And so, and they condemned anyone that was trying to learn. So then he says in verse 13, uh, but go ye and learn what that means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice for I am come to call the righteous. I, I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know, they, they, were, they were blind to their own spiritual depravity. And in Jesus offering forgiveness of sins and access to the kingdom, the Pharisees felt like it was a threat to their occupations and their standing. So they had to condemn anybody that was trying to get in. Verse 14, then came to him the disciples of John saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples don't fast? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast. What he's saying here is, right now is not the time to fast, because we, we are in a transition here. We're, we're in a transition here. We're, we're not trying to reform Judaism. We're, we're, we're making something completely different this is this is something completely different and he he commands them literally not to fast until he is taken away from them and and this is powerful because later in matthew 17 21 whenever they couldn't cast out the demon they he says, this kind cometh not out, but by prayer and fasting. Well, hold on. He just tells them here not to fast until 
he is ascends back into heaven. But he used their failure as a teaching moment on what to do when he ascends back into heaven, how to how to operate through prayer and fasting. But his entire ministry, he doesn't want them to fast because he's with them. And the days will come when they they are going to fast when he's taken away from them. He's saying, "Listen, we're not fasting now because we're not trying to reform Judaism. We're this is this is something different. No man puts puts a piece of new cloth into an old garment, for that which is put in to fill up taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse." He says, "Listen, I'm not trying to mend Judaism. I'm not trying to reform <coughs> this religion because the more I if I try to patch that on, it's going to tear away." from the old if i try to patch up these traditional and religious practices you know it's going to harm that and it's going to harm this so he's saying there has to be a distinction here says he says men neither do men put new wine in the old bottles else the bottles break and the wine runneth out and the bottles perish but they put new wine into new bottles and both are preserved. What 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 he's what he's saying here is is that listen, it, if I put new wine with all the fizz that's in that wine, all, all that if I put in an old a, a used up wine skin, it's the the acidic nature is going to burst open that wineskin because that wineskin's already been completely uh worn and 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 stretched it cannot handle new wine new wine needs to be in new wineskins it it has to be something different you cannot compare what i'm doing to past practices and that's what he's doing here he doesn't want them to confuse what he's doing now with what has happened in the past, it has to be so distinct and different uh, because the new wine has to go into new wineskins. He says, with all this power in this new wine, if I put it in an old wineskin, it's going to burst and the wine's going to spill out, meaning that's going to be lost and this is going to be lost. So, 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 we just need a distinction here. I'm not trying to fast to bridge these two worlds. This is a different world. This is this is a different world. And he said, "It's." He said, "I want both to be preserved." He says, "It's it's." I'm doing this so. New wine should be in a fresh wineskin so both are preserved. Meaning I'm trying to preserve the old and I'm trying to preserve the new. That That's the reason there has to be a distinction between the two. New wine needs new wineskins. So Jesus is doing something completely different. Something superior to, to the scribes and the Pharisees something superior to the Old Testament 
something superior to to what they have known. And Matthew is trying to put this into the Jewish minds that you can't understand the kingdom in your own way. Because Matthew is having to deal with this while he's writing because the Jews were trying to make people after they obeyed the gospel to get circumcised, as which was the sign of the old covenant in Genesis 17.10. They were trying to, to, to make salvation about works they said yeah you get yeah you repent you get baptized you receive the spirit but you also need to be circumcised again he's showing here this was popular during during matthew's time as he's writing he's showing here when you do that you're taking away from from the old testament and the new testament you're taking away from the 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 liberty of the gospel and and from uh from the power of the law you can't mix them. They're, they're distinct things. They're different. They kept trying to make people get circumcised. And, 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 and because they were trying to mix it because Christianity was like an offshoot of Judaism. But they were trying to mix it. You see Peter, you know, when he's a little hesitant spending time with the Gentiles. Because of the Jewish customs, it was a real challenge for the disciples trying to process this kingdom, how it's available to all, while still trying to keep like their personal customs and personal traditional practices. But new wine needs new wineskins. Paul really emphasized the concept of the kingdom that it goes to all the Gentiles, the the, the Jewish leaders uh, like Peter. They were a little uncomfortable with it because their circle. It was all about, you know, everything kosher, everything being pure. But Jesus is um, bringing a new thing that's not to the smallness of the Jews, Jewish uh, group, but it is for everybody. And so Matthew is presenting a global gospel. A gospel that is for the entire world. And Matthew's going to deal more with the ritualistic aspect and Jesus' authority and superiority over it. Uh, in verse 18, dealing with Jairus and his daughter. And we'll get in that tomorrow. Uh, I pray that this is a blessing. But the, the, the challenges, the application here is to... Number one, it is to go after God. And that when you go after God, he makes all things new. And you cannot compare how he how he does it today, how he did it yesterday. Some people, that's their greatest challenge is adjusting to change and adjusting to seasons. They keep trying to make sense of it by the past, but you can't make sense of it by the past. You can't make sense of it by the past. You, you can't make sense of it by the past. You can only make 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 sense of it by staying in his presence. As long as you're in his presence, you you will remain current. You will remain in the flow. It's about remaining in the presence of God. Remaining 
continually receiving that new wine. It's, as long as you're with him, you're able to adjust to the seasons. And the Bible says that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The word worlds there, uh, this is in um, Hebrews 11. The word worlds there is not the cosmos, not the Greek word cosmos. It's not the physical world. The Greek word is aeons, which means the times or the seasons, that they are framed, that they are adjusted, that they are repaired, that they are restored by the word of God. That that it's that that every season, every time is is adjusted, framed by the word of God. By the word of God. And so stay in the word and, and the word there is, is the rhema word. You have to stay in the rhema. The rhema is the is the present word. It's the word in season. The Logos is the written word. The rhema is the spoken word. And so when we stay in his presence, when we stay in his word, God can speak to us what's current so we don't get out of date with what God is doing now. And, you know, some people have the inability to move on. Some people have the inability to move on, move on with the principles and, 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 and the, the teachings of, of the, the, the landmarks but uh, a landmark is something to 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 build on. It, it is something to to build on, as Hebrews six says. Let us leave the uh, not 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 laying again uh, the 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 elementary teachings. He said, "Let's move on to perfection." He said, "Let's let's go on. Let's build on what we have." And some people are scared to build on what they have because they're afraid of losing what they had. But there has to be a place in your life where, you know what, I'm glad for what I built, but I got to build on this. And I got to understand that as I build on it, it's not the neglect of the foundation, but it is the purpose of the foundation. This is what Jesus is showing them. And this is an adjustment. All of our, our, our lives that we have to uh, uh, embrace that, that change happens. But it's a new garment. It's different. This is different now. This isn't like uh, um, how it how it was. It's a it's a it's a different it's a different thing. And when you're with Jesus, you got to be ready for Him to do something different. I encourage you today to be willing to allow God to do whatever He wants to do in your life, even if it messes with your old concepts and your old way of thinking as long as you stay in the posture of i need you jesus i don't know everything i need you i love you i i, I need you i i need you to help me they that are whole don't need a physician but they that are sick those that confess that they need help god is going to help and so he's saying don't is you know when you're in transition it's 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 difficult to 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 consecrate because you're going into two different worlds. There has to be a distinct separation between the old garment and the new garment, the, the old wineskins and the new wineskins. I'm looking forward to teaching this more tomorrow.